everybody, this is Mike, and welcome to what I'm calling my Point .5 project. If you're a long-time listener, you know that I've produced and published shorter episodes before from time to time as a complement to my longer-form episodes that drop every Friday. And as the phrase time to time might suggest, I haven't had any structural schedule or themes to my point fives. So now I'm going to try something new. Going forward, I intend to publish a short point five episode every Tuesday, while continuing to publish my longer form conversations every Friday. My point five project episodes will be quick to digest, less than 10 minutes long. In each, I will tell a story about my experience as an entrepreneur starting a business from scratch in 1992 and building it into a $50 million organization over a 22-year period. I'll share with you the lesson I learned from the experience and ask you to consider the lesson you might take away from the story as well. I hope you find this project interesting and thought-provoking. Let me know what you think, and thanks for listening. This is a story about responsibility that I call, It's My Fault. My assistant really dropped the ball on me this time. My drivers can't follow simple directions. Our sales guys are useless. Our people are too dumb to understand a 401k plan. We're pissing money away and nobody seems to give a damn about it. Why can't everyone just do what they're paid to do? How can somebody be that dumb? You've probably heard an entrepreneur, a manager, a leader say these things and things like these from time to time. Maybe even you've said them yourself, if not in a work situation, which you probably have. Come on now. Definitely in a buying situation, like at a fast food place that's too slow or a grocery store with someone trying to pay with a check in front of you. I know I have, either out loud or usually to myself. It's a natural reflex for most of us, I think. Blaming someone else for a mistake, a miscue, or some other deficiency keeps us from blaming or even looking at ourselves. It makes us feel superior, like we never make mistakes, or certainly not the kind of mistake whomever we're talking about just made. It's also weak and unfair. It causes us to avoid the real problem, which at least for an entrepreneur like me was the face staring at me in the morning each day. Yeah, it was me. It took me a long time to conclude that everything that is happening in my company is my fault. No one wants to accept that. It's no one else's fault. Yes, it's easy to blame others. It's also difficult to control others. I get it. You might think, how is it fair for me to take the blame for something I didn't do? After all, that doesn't seem to be, well, fair. And you're right. It doesn't seem to be fair until you look at it with the right perspective. When it occurred to me that there was no benefit to me, no power or progress, for example, in blaming others for the things that weren't going right, for the mistakes and for the lack of forward momentum, it was both scary and liberating. Scary because all of a sudden I had no one to blame but myself. Liberating because all of a sudden... I had no one to blame but myself. The revelation for me was at least 10 years in the making, maybe more. I'd become stuck and frustrated. I wanted our company to be bigger, better, stronger, and faster, and it was not 
any of these things, at least not in the way I was imagining it should be. I'd been looking out and asking why, instead of looking in to answer the same question. When I decided to look in, to take a fresh approach, to challenge what had become my habit, the answer was staring me right in the face. So close that I couldn't believe how I could have missed it. So close that I didn't even see it. And here it was. Everything that I was observing, that I was unhappy and frustrated about, that I was blaming others for, was in my complete control to correct, to make the way I wanted it to be. It was totally fixable, and I'd just been ignoring the fix. So why? Well, I could make a lot of excuses, but the truth was simple. It's hard to work to change what you've allowed to be created, even if you're not happy with it. It had been easier for me to make the excuses than it had been to fix the problems, to face them. So that's what I did. And I think it's what most entrepreneurs do, at least for a while. And until I recognized and accepted my responsibility and fault, I had no chance of making the changes. And as soon as I was able to accept what was rightfully mine, to make it what I wanted with no excuses, I had every chance in the world. It became for me a must-pursue rather than a must-ignore. Once I had no one to blame, I had no one to blame but myself. And that became the motivation I needed to begin the rebuilding process, to get what I blamelessly wanted. Obviously, I would have gone nuts with the constant pressure of taking blame for everything if I made the complete and total correction of everything my soul doing as well. That clearly wouldn't work. So the first thing I decided to do was look at my closest team, what I called my executive committee. Was everyone on that team the right one to help me lead us to a no-blame success? Was there anyone I didn't like working with, or vice versa? After that, communication came to the forefront. Everyone in the company, everyone on the team needed to understand why we were doing what we were doing, where we were going, and how we needed them to be instrumental in helping us get there. Why they were as or more important to the success than we were, certainly than I was. The people weren't the problem. There was no one working at the company that we hadn't invited in. No one hijacked the employment process. We decided to have them. They were who they were, which may have been different than who we thought or sometimes hoped they would be. But whose fault was that? You already know the answer to that question. I won't begin to challenge your intelligence and suggest that once I adopted a my-fault mentality and built a support system around it, which was not easy and took a long time, ultimately worthwhile, of course. We had some magical perfection-like transformation. We didn't. What we did have was a confidence that we never had before. A belief that what we wanted was out there for us to create and grab. That it wasn't someone else's responsibility to give it to us. 
until we made it our responsibility to make sure that they could. So here's my lesson in this story. It's easy to sit around and talk about problems. It happens every day. It's also easy to blame, disparage, or otherwise deflect responsibility to someone else when things are, go- are, are, going, are not going the way you want them to go, right? Maybe that's the way it goes in a bureaucratic organization or a large corporate environment where maybe you don't have any control, no horsepower, to, no, no buy-in to address things proactively. But that's not the way it needs to go for entrepreneurs. Blaming someone else is just masking the problem. Opening your eyes or having them open for you to that reality is scary, but ultimately liberating and necessary responsibility for an entrepreneur. Don't like what you see? Be a critic for a moment, if you must, and then get to work fixing it. You'll be happier and more pleasant to be around, too. So what's your lesson in this story? Thanks for listening to this episode of the How'd It Happen podcast, where we believe that success doesn't happen unless you make it happen. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. And while you're there, please rate it and leave a comment as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show, ideas for future guests, or whatever you'd like to share. And of course, you can always find me at MikeMalatesta.com. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to the How'd It Happen podcast.